Our scripture reading today is Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandments are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is already the moment for you to wake from your sleep. For salvation is near to us now, nearer than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us throw off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk decently as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in illicit sex and not in licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In our scripture today, Paul wrote the perfect sermon with three points. These actions that we need to perform every day in our lives. And he put urgency in these actions. We shouldn't delay getting started. Time is running short. But before he gets to these three points, he begins in verse eight by saying, owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Yes, if we love our neighbors the way that Christ loves us, we will not commit adultery. We will not murder. We will not steal. We will not covet or break any of the other commandments. But that's not the part of the verse I want us to focus on today. Not the part about love your neighbor, because we know that. I want us to focus on the part that says, love your neighbor as yourself. Now it's not like that Toby Keith song years ago, I wanna talk about me, me, me. That's not how you love yourself. You love yourself by making yourself into the image of Christ in everything you do and everything that you say. The verse is calling us to make ourselves love like Christ loved, to love unconditionally, to love selflessly. It calls us to be intentional about our relationship with Christ and about our faith walk on our journey to sanctification. You see, Christ didn't have to work so hard at it because he was already divine. He was perfect, he was sinless, but he was human and he was tempted, but he never gave in. He went to the cross for us to justify us so that we can begin this journey to sanctification, so that we can strive for perfection. So as we read this scripture, and we apply it to our lives on a daily basis. 
The three points that Paul brings out for us to challenge us, to help us to grow, to help us mature as we work towards this goal are one, to wake up because time is running out. Two, put on the armor of light. And three, we have to walk decently as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality, and not in quarreling and jealousy. And so today, as we think about our call to be Christ-like, and as we focus on the words of Paul and his direction for us to love our neighbor as ourself, I ask you this question, are we there yet? Do we love others the way Christ loves us? For me, I have to admit that I am not there yet but I'm working on it. But I fear the path I'm taking is more like the path of the Israelites in the wilderness. Stopping and whining and complaining about all the food that God provides. Now granted, they only had manna, but we have pantries full of food, refrigerators full of food. And how many times do we say, I don't know what I want for dinner. I can't decide. And we stand there staring. Excuse me. <coughs> you don't know how hard it is to cough with a, with a microphone on you. So I'm going to take a sip of water. Roll Todd. Yes. The other thing that happens to me on this path as I lose my focus, I can't always hear the call of God because I'm too busy out there trying to solve the problems that I think need to be solved. But that's not where God is sending me. He's sending me on a mission to, make the hand, to be the hands and feet of Christ. But instead, I'm out there being transformed by the world instead of being transformed from the world. And lastly, I fail to love those who don't agree with me. Maybe I'm right and they're wrong, but the commandment calls me to love my neighbor and they are my neighbor, even if they don't agree with me. And I compare this path to the path that Christ took to the cross. He never whined about his food People fixed food for him. Sometimes it was probably horrible stuff that he hated, but he ate it. Sometimes he didn't even get to eat. He fasted. And he never lost his focus, despite people trying to attack him and take him down, despite people constantly trying to, to tear apart his ministry and his mission. And he never quit loving those who disagreed with him even to the cross, on the cross as he died for us. His words were, Father, forgive them. So let's focus on the things that we can do today to help us stay on this path, to help us avoid the distractions and follow the call of Christ. First, we have to wake up from our sleep. I'm sorry, 
if you aren't, if you're napping, just keep resting. <laughs> Have you ever driven somewhere and you arrived there and all of a sudden you realize you don't really know how you got there? What path did I take? Did I stop for the red lights? Was there a kid on a bike I almost hit? Were you asleep? Well, I hope not. I hope you weren't. But we are so distracted by things that are going in our lives that sometimes we just miss the signs right in front of us. Do we do this with our spiritual walk? Do we do this when we read the Bible? We set the goal to read the Bible in a year. And that, that garment, we're gonna do it. We're gonna check the box. But did we allow the Bible to speak to us? Did it touch our hearts? Did it make a difference? Did we let it reflect on it, reflect on it, our hearts and be absorbed? And what about the Holy Spirit? Do you think he put a sign out there for you? Stop, yield, you're not on the right path, you turn. And we blew right through that. So how do we correct that? <clears throat> how do we make that better? Maybe we get involved in the Bible studies that we have going on here in the church. We started two new Bible studies on Wednesday evenings. We have a, a Tuesday morning Bible study. There's the men's Bible studies in the morning if you happen to be awake at some ungodly hour, maybe six o'clock, I'm not sure. But there's options for you to get involved. Maybe you start a Wesley accountability group. What about every week having to come back and answer these questions? What known sins have you committed since your last meeting? And you're looking your accountability partner in the eye. What known sins? What temptations have met you? But the best question, how were you delivered? It's important for us to know that we can be delivered and we can move on the path, but we have to make the effort. We have to wake up and avoid the distractions. The second thing Paul tells us is to put on the armor of light. I don't know about you, but I love old movies where people wore white hats if they were good and black hats if they were bad. It was very clear to me who to cheer for and who to cheer against. Well, life isn't that way. We see people all of the time and we begin to judge them. We begin to think things about them, but we don't know them. People need to know us. They need to know that we are Christians. You remember the old song, they will know we are Christians by our love. Do people know you're a Christian? Does your light shine through? Do your words and your actions match? Or are you sometimes hypocritical? I read on a, a quote from Madeline Laing. It says, we do not draw people to Christ by loudly discrediting what they believe, by telling them how wrong they are and how right we are but we draw them to Christ by showing them a light that is so lovely 
that they want with all of their heart to know the source of it. I challenge you to slow down. Make sure your words and your actions match. Make sure you are the light for those followers, for those lost people, for all people that you encounter every day. Let the light of Christ shine through you in all that you say and do. And help those who are feeling confused and hated and lost see you as a lighthouse that offers shelter, that offers love, and that cares for them and everything they need in their lives. And the third thing Paul tells us may be the most difficult for me. We should belong to the day and live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Well, I was feeling pretty good about myself with the wild parties. After all, I'm usually asleep before the wild parties start. But then Paul went on to list immoral living, quarreling, and jealousy. And my smugness began to evaporate because I realized that the mere process of defining what is immoral can sometimes lead to arguing and jealousy. It is important for us to take a stand for what is right. It is important for us to follow the Bible and follow the Holy Spirit. But when we take that stand, when we share that truth, we have to do it with compassion, with mercy, and with love not with condemnation and hatred because we are called to love our neighbors. And so we have to understand that when we share our message, our words might not be accepted because that is God's time. But perhaps that person that was so offended or so hateful mulls over those words and takes those words away with them and it makes a change in their life at another point in time. Perhaps we are planting the seeds. We can't be quarrelsome. We can't be discouraged. We have to let it be God's timing. We don't have the right to be revengeful or hateful. And we do have to continue to offer them hope and love. Our Sunday school class has been doing the adult series Bible study. And one of the lessons recently gave the perfect outline for how to handle speaking the truth. He says, there's three things that we need to do before we speak the truth. Decide if what we're gonna speak needs to be said. Then decide, does it need to be said by me? And then decide, does it need to be said by me now? Each of these questions requires us to spend time with the Holy Spirit, discerning what he's calling us to do, discerning what's the right thing. And sometimes the answer will be yes to all three. It needs to be said, it needs to be said by me, and it needs to be said by me now. But sometimes the answer is going to be, no, you're not the messenger. You're John the Baptist. You're sent to prepare the way. Pray for the messenger that will come and bring this message. 
And then sometimes the answer will be, the message needs to be sent, but not yet. You need to develop a relationship with this person, with this group. They're not gonna hear you if you run in guns of fire saying, you're wrong and I'm right. But if you develop that relationship, then you can feel free to argue and debate. You can feel free to go back and forth. You can feel free to respect each other's opinion. We have to listen to be able to hear each other's point of view. I heard this week with my walking partner, she shared the fact to to me that listen and silent have the exact exact same characters in them, letters in them. So if we're going to listen, it requires us to be silent, to let God's word speak to us. This call to live a decent life for all to see without immorality and quarreling and jealousy may be the hardest of the three actions that Paul shared with us. But all three are equally important if we are going to love our neighbor as ourselves. In order for us to be the best example of Christ that we can be, we have to learn to fulfill all of the commandments and love at the same time. Sometimes we think that these are mutually exclusive, that we can't fulfill the commandments and love. Sometimes we think that one is more important than the other. So I challenge you this week to reread this scripture, to reread this prayer of confession that we had earlier in the bulletin today, to learn how to love so that you can fulfill the law. I urge you to stay awake and be the light and live a decent life. Because as Paul points out, time is running out The day of salvation will be here soon. And we can't love our neighbor and fulfill the commandments if we don't love ourselves and grow ourselves. If we don't deepen our faith and stay on the path to sanctification. But when we do fulfill the commandments and we love our neighbors and begin to truly live outward facing lives, a life that puts others ahead of ourselves, a life that understands the importance of following the convictions of our heart and sharing them in a manner with others that is loving, encouraging, and hope-filled, then we will be the hands and feet of Christ. Are we there yet? That's a question you have to answer for yourself. But don't beat yourself up if the answer is no. In the words of Mark Twain, continuous improvement is better than delayed perfection. Don't wait until you're perfect to begin the process of loving your neighbor and loving yourself. Start today, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires so that you can walk in his love and see that he is at work in your life. Go in peace, amen.
Hello, my name is Kevin Payne and I'm the senior pastor here at Bluff Park United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining with us in our podcast of our worship celebration, the sermon this past week. I pray that you found it a blessing and that it enriched your life. If you are ever in our area and would like to join with us in person, we are located at 733 Valley Street here in Hoover, Alabama. Our service time is 10 a.m. and we would love to meet you. I pray you have a blessed week and hope to see you soon. Bye now.